What'd you bring your dad here for? He's cool. He's into the whole gaming culture. Nice poster. Oh, well, are you a big fan of the fat? No. So he's more of a Star Wars guy. Uh, he's Star he's Wars kidding. guy. Who is this man? He's Christmas. Welcome to issue 61 of 3 Zine Presents, the TomCast Popcast, also known as Popcast. I am your loving Yuletide host. My name is Tom. Please follow the show on the social medias at TomCast underscore Popcast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore Popcast on Instagram. You can email the show at TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can join Pophead Nation at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopcast or you can join Pop Nation for as little as a dollar a month. Special thanks to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody and the Squidmaster General Brian Broussard. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform it is that you listen to our excellent show on. And, you know, give us a five-star review if you're feeling up for it. So I apologize. My exuberance that I normally have on this podcast is a little tampered. Little tampered down, a little t- little tempered tonight, if you will. It's uh, it's late. I'm doing this at ten o'clock at night. My wife is in the next room trying to sleep, so I cannot uh, rant and rave at the volumes that I am normally accustomed to ranting and raving at. But we're gonna do the best we can. You know, I wanted to get this show out to you guys. Life gets in the way sometimes. It's uh, a final weeks. Final week has kicked off at San Diego State. So things are a little hectic, and I had all kinds of technical problems getting this episode even off the ground. I tried to record it six hours ago, but the goddamn GarageBand program was giving me all kinds of problems. So I slapped it across the face, and we finally got this son of a bitch to work correctly. And we're going to talk about what I kind of illuminated, or what I kind of hinted at in the tail end of last week's Mandalorian review uh we need to have a conversation about boba fett and uh for some folks it's going to be a hard conversation for me it's going to be a hard conversation but it is uh vital that we have this conversation all right so that's what we're gonna do today this is this is the supplemental boba fett debate episode all right so where where to begin I, i i guess i'll just cut to the chase right off the bat Despite what you all think you may know, I'm here to to break unfortunate news that just because you think that Boba Fett is the reason why you're so interested and invested in The Mandalorian, technically you are wrong. 
Boba Fett is not Mandalorian. But he was at one point. And I'd like to... That's basically what this show's about. This is this is me explaining the lunacy of Star Wars continuity and canon. And so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to deep dive on some nerdy things. But hopefully through these nerdy things, you get a better appreciation and understanding of where the Mandalorian as a show may go and a a better understanding of Boba Fett as a character on his own as well. So I hope to be able to provide a little illumination in that front. And uh, if not, I mean, we can just sing Christmas songs. It's, It's okay. It's December 10th. We'll just sing Christmas carols with each other. Now, fuck it. Let's talk about Star Wars. All right. Let's get into it. Here we go. So to start this journey, we have to go a little bit back in time to that that dark era between 1984 and 1999 basically when when Star Wars wasn't a thing anymore and 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 the those of us who were the the dedicated the 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 true believers that Star Wars was still the way you know we 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 lived with comic books and, and graphic novels and role playing game items I'm sorry I can't think of the name Role-playing game supplements, basically, that uh, that provided more story, more illumination on, on the galaxy far, far away that we all love so much. And within the, within the confines of that expanded Star Wars universe, we got to know a little bit more about the mystery man, Boba Fett. Uh, of, of particular interest was the Dark Horse comic series, Dark Empire, which showed Boba Fett had escaped from the Sarlacc pit and was still after Han Solo after all this time. And uh, that was one of the things that kind of fired the imagination of the fan base. It was like, oh my God, wait a second. This expanded universe is going to do all kinds of cool stuff. So Dark Horse Comics, when they kicked that series off, and I think that was 91 or 92, really got people excited because they brought back a fan favorite character who, I mean, let's be honest, Boba Fett, is the reason why we're interested in the Mandalorian. But all things considered, in the in the original trilogy, in, in episodes four, five, and six, Boba Fett was on screen for less than five minutes, and I think he spoke less than a dozen words. So, you know, it, it's all about the look and the way the lines were delivered, and that's what got everybody excited. So we were a little bummed when, when, when our Man of Mystery was so easily dispatched in Return of the Jedi. Uh, so seeing him brought back to the pages of the Dark Horse comic was uh, invigorating. And it, there would be a slow exploration of Boba Fett in this time period where, where there were no new movies. And yeah, we were definitely given the portrayal that he was a Mandalorian. Like that was that was the context for the character's history. And we started to get, you know, again, they kept it mysterious. They didn't give us a tons of details. They didn't go into a full explanation of anything. They didn't go into full origin stories or anything like that. Uh, and uh, very famously, one of, his, one of his most famous stories in this period was, um, was Boba Fett tracking down a character named Jodo Cast who had been impersonating him and uh, leading people to believe false origins for Boba Fett. So Boba Fett tracks down Jodo Cast and eventually kills him. Uh, again, Jodo Cast is a character wearing very similar armor to Boba Fett. And it, it, it helped kind of 
clear the decks from from some of the the history that had popped up in the Star Wars comic strips and and the like the late run of the Marvel comics and things like that. So it helped keep the mystery of the Mandalores and Boba Fett intact. Then something happened. George Lucas announced the prequel trilogy, which we were all excited about because uh, I think the first thing on all of our minds who were invested in Star Wars and were paying attention was the Clone Wars, what Obi-Wan had referenced to Luke Skywalker in his little hut in Tatooine. And that, uh, you know, Luke believed his father to be a navigator on a spice freighter. And, and, and Obi-Wan's like, that's not what really happened. That's what your uncle told you. And uh, we find out that Anakin Skywalker is a great warrior in the, in the Clone Wars. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, that's one of those mysteries that's embedded in the first Star Wars movies where you're like, wait, tell me more about this. I want to know more about this. But we didn't know more about this. But through whether it was short stories in, in the Star Wars fan magazines or whether it was through the role-playing game supplemental materials, a, a lot of fans became clued in that the Mandalorians were part of the Clone Wars, were a big part of this, at least in this expanded universe kind of sense. You know, like this was material not from George Lucas directly, but this was people who had Star Wars licenses attempting to fill in some blanks to a certain extent. Like they couldn't do deep dives on on past history of of characters. You couldn't really talk about that period. You could allude to it, and one of the things that happened was in the Star Wars role playing game. They alluded to the fact that the Star that the Clone Wars was a conflict between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. So, oh, <laughs> disappointment may not be the may, may be too strong of a word, but people were a little upset that the Mandalorians did not play a bigger part in what ended up being Attack of the Clones. Um, uh, Lucas opted to do a story that was that involved the Mandalorians. That they they were definitely a key ingredient to the Clone War recipe in a in in a sense. And I'm going to explain that too. We, I got to be careful here because there's a lot to have to that's intertwined, and we got to kind of pull some threads to unwrap some of this stuff together. And that's going to be a little tricky. So I'm going to try and do that as best I can. Okay, so episode two comes out. And we meet Jango Fett. And we see that Jango is the key to the clone army for the Republic. And we, just like when we see Boba Fett, we assume that Jango is also a Mandalorian. At this time, Lucasfilm is still in charge of Lucasfilm. There's no Disney overlords at this point. There is a, a entire canon, an entire history of expanded universe materials that support this history that existed prior to the prequel movies being released. So seeing Jango Fett, finding out that Boba Fett is a clone of Jango, throws a little bit of a monkey wrench into things, but we still are led to believe that there is that that Django and Boba, by extension, are Mandalorians. And the series that I referenced prior to this, to this episode, uh, gosh, way back when, and I think it was the first episode of The Mandalorian that I mentioned, the Karen Travis series, plays up to this fact. They sort of highlight the fact that Django is something of an exile from the main Mandalorian culture. He was uh, born on a planet, Concordia, uh, Concord Dawn. 
a, a, a planet within a moon of the Mandalorian system, I do believe. And th thus, he is a Mandalorian by that extent, but not so much in the sense of being born on Mandalore. Now, we've talked about this. Is Mandalore a people? Is Mandalore a culture? At this point in the Star Wars universe, we don't know. A couple of years later, we find out that Mandalore is much more of a culture, much more of, of a, a, a way of living, a way of life, as opposed to uh, being born into blood, being born on a planet, as it, as it were. But like I said, Jango's a bit of an exile. He doesn't buy into their ways. He goes off and becomes a bounty hunter. And by extension, his son-slash-clone, Boba, is much the same way. Uh, after Jango's death, Boba becomes... Boba follows the path that his father laid before him. He doesn't go running back to the Mandalore. He does not go back to join one of the clans. And that is where we run, start running into a little trouble. Um, in that Karen Travis series, where, he, where she chronicles uh, the clones from escaping their time in the clone army to becoming full-fledged Mandalores, uh, we find out that Boba Fett is, is something of a, of a wayward son amongst the Mandalores. And eventually he will become... He, he comes back to the fold. He's brought back into the fold of the Mandalorians, eventually to rise to the title, the head position of the Mandalore, where he is the head of the clans. Except the bad news is that, uh, yeah, Disney bought Star Wars, and they wipe all of this out. Now, before you go thinking that this is a Disney thing and this is all Disney's fault, it's actually not. Um, according to several interviews uh, with, with Dave Filoni and, and George Lucas himself, and, and for the record, in, in case anyone's unclear, Dave Filoni is, is essentially George Lucas's protege. When, when Dave Filoni was, was getting the Clone Wars series off the ground, uh, there was a ton of input coming in from George Lucas about what he wanted certain things to be like. Because I, I think they viewed the Clone Wars as a way to kind of set the record straight on certain aspects of the Star Wars universe, which is 100% George Lucas's prerogative. You know, as much as I love that Karen Travis series with Boba Fett and the Mandalorians and, and everything that, that she created and, and, and brought to the Star Wars universe, um, and as, as upset as I was that it was just so casually swept to the side, it it's still George Lucas's story, in my opinion, um, for better or for worse. And if he's like, no, that's not how it's supposed to be, I sort of kind of have to defer to the guy because it is his creation after all. So, so Disney buys, buys Lucasfilm. They sweep that old continuity away. And our, 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 again, what I've mentioned before, our first big indication of what Star Wars canon is going to be is that Star Wars Rebel show. That now, I'm sorry, not Rebels, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, which you can now find on Disney+. Plus. If you're watching The Mandalorian, you might as well watch Star Wars The Clone Wars, and you can find all this stuff out and, and watch these episodes. And they do quite a number of things to show us that Jango was, and Boba Fett is, very far removed from Mandalore, and not to be considered Mandalorians. Now, there's a lot of 
hints and a lot of vagueness still. But the, the main implication is that, that Django Fett basically stole his armor. And by extension, when the time comes and Boba Fett's a full, fully grown adult male, he steals his armor as well. Or at the very least, they both have forged their own that is identical in look to the traditional Mandalorian armor. Now, I've, I've done a little deep dive into some of the Star Wars archives material for what is considered canon and what is not, and there are some inconsistencies in, that, in those articles that I read. Um, one, of the in, main, one of the big main inconsistencies is that all Mandalorian armor is made from Beskar. That doesn't seem to jive with, A, what we've seen on the Mandalorian, but B, what we also can probably infer from the events of the Mandalorian and a little bit of, of continuity that we gleaned from Star Wars The Clone Wars and from Star Wars Rebels. Uh, the Imperial occupation would have prevented the mining of Beskar for Mandalorians. They would have been taking that material for themselves. So any Mandalorian who wants to, to forge their own armor is doing it from material that is less than Beskar, which is what Boba Fett and Jango Fett armors are made from they are made from durasteel which is still a very strong metal but as you've you know you've noticed from boba fett i mean his armor is is battle tested and it shows especially on the chest piece and the big dent on the left side of his helmet uh according to mytho the obviously according to star wars lore beskar would not take that kind of damage uh, it would repel all that damage durasteel is still very very strong and obviously, it's much stronger than the Stormtrooper armor, who, I mean, I don't even know why they bother. Those guys just get blasted right through the chest, and they're, it's over. Hope you had fun wearing that white stupid armor, dum-dums. So, it gets a little tricky. Like I said, this is all a little complicated. It's a little much. So, Bo Django and Boba, by extension, are sort of Mandalorian pretenders according to the current canon of the Star Wars universe. Did they kill and steal armor? Did they forge their own armor? It, uh, it, it's unclear at this point. Um, it seems to be what they're trying to do is they're trying to play with the fact that, listen, here on this Mandalorian show, we're showing you the true way of the Mandalores. And it does kind of jive with what we've seen from Clone Wars and from Rebels, with the exception of the helmet removal. They all freely remove their helmets on Clone Wars and Rebels. Sorry, that's just that's just a fact. What I do think this does is, while it does separate Boba Fett from the Mandalorian legacy that we assumed he had, it does kind of put his Boba Fett's code into a better context when compared to what we've seen from our Mando on the Mandalorian. You know, our Mando does seem to have a higher code of ethics over over profit, over money. Um, he seems to be bettering the situation for his people. Uh, Boba Fett is clearly a man about his reputation, his, his bank account, and just being a general badass overall, answering to no one except himself. And I think that leads to an interesting 
situations, particularly in light of the way the last episode of The Mandalorian ended with those mysterious, the mysterious cape, the mysterious boots on the ground, uh, looking at the body of Fennec Shand. Is this going to be the chance where, is this, will, will this be the time where we see a, a post-Return of the Jedi Boba Fett enter the fray and we start to find out just how different he is from the Mandalorian that we've gotten to know with these last five five episodes. Um, it seems like really rich ground to explore because, I mean, let's be honest, like, like I said at the beginning of the show, the reason why so many of us are interested in the Mandalores in general is because of Boba Fett, who's not even a Mandalorian by the, by the definitions established in the new canon. Um, so it will be interesting to see how our Mando reacts to Boba Fett and how Boba Fett treats that Mandalorian. Is he really not part of their culture? Again, even in canon, Jango Fett was part of the Mandalorian star system in, in, on a planet of which they were inhabitants, but apparently not part of the main crew. So it's... it's Again, we've, we've talked about on, on previous episodes reviewing The Mandalorian. We need to start getting some better answers because, at least from my perspective as someone who knows the old and someone who knows the new, it would be nice to get some clarification on, on certain points for the, for, the, for the series, for the characters in general. Um, I, I, you know, it was funny. I, I kind of, for a long time, I, I rubbed up against the, the notion that Boba Fett was not a Mandalorian. That really uh, bugged me. And I think for a long time it was because I really enjoyed the Expanded Universe canon where they kind of brought him back to the fold. And he was, like I said, he was sort of this wayward child of Mandalore who eventually came back to Mandalore to help them rise up and to, and to kind of regain status in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, I did really, really like that aspect of the character. But that char- that version of the character had an intrinsic root, an intrinsic tie to the culture. This new canon, this, this, this post-Disney canon, doesn't seem to be a, a, a thing for Boba Fett. It does not seem to be part of his makeup. You know, he seems to be, again, he's fueled by the loss of his father and the desire to be like his father. His father, Django, was reputed to be the most well-known, most lethal, most dangerous bounty hunter in the galaxy. And and that's what Boba wants for himself. So he's very into Boba. Boba's for Boba. I get that. It, it, it makes a certain amount of sense for a bounty hunter character to be of that kind of even grayer morality than what we've seen on this show previously. So what does it mean for what's going to go forward? You know, I don't know, because we don't know if that's actually what's going to happen on The Mandalorian. This is all speculation on our parts as fans, which has been the, one of the fun parts of the show. It's like, you know what? It would be kind of cool to see Armando square off against Boba Fett. Though, to be perfectly frank, I've talked about it on the show previously. I've not been all that impressed by some of our Mandalorian's uh, decision-making and uh, his combat prowess. I think Boba Fett might hand him his ass. But, then again, Boba Fett also got a... Uh, gaffy stick to the back of his rocket pack slammed into the side of a sail barge and fell into a sarlacc pit so what the fuck do i know about boba fett's fighting prowess (laughs) 
but I, I wanted to come on the show and, and, and do the special little supplemental because there, like I said, it's, it's ironic that so many Star Wars fans are fueled by the notion, the idea of what a Mandalorian is because of Boba Fett. And according to George Lucas, according to Dave Filoni, and according to the new canon, which is established post-Disney, he's not. Not even close. They uh, they have completely distanced themselves from Boba Fett. The, the, even the notion that Boba Fett's even casually connected to the Mandalore people, the Mandalore culture. Um, and it makes for an interesting conundrum to kind of see how they're going to crack that nut if that's what they're even doing. Again, this is an entire podcast episode that's based on pure speculation, which is not something I do often, um, but I felt that in this instance, it bared a little further exploration. Um, and again, as, as someone who is a big Boba Fett fan. I, I cannot hide my my love for Boba Fett. In the in in my little uh, man cave room, I have a uh, autographed Boba Fett eight by ten signed by Jeremy Bullock, the actor who was in the suit for Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I have been a big fan for a long time of Boba Fett. I have his original Kenner action figure on my bookshelf. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a. I think for a long time I was kind of in denial about the fact that they were changing the history and making him not a Mandalorian because, as I said, those Karen Travis novels, uh, they're spectacular. Their exploration of Boba Fett, his legacy, his history are, are fantastic. And she she did a killer job of reconnecting the Star Wars base with kind of like their fallen hero because for some reason Boba Fett didn't get a lot of – he didn't get a ton of exposure in the Expanded Universe canon – um, but maybe that's just because they're waiting for the right writer to come along and, and tell the tales of Boba Fett and his, um, his rise within the Mandalorian culture, his rise to the head, to being the Mandalore, to uniting the, the to uniting the clans, retaking the planet, uh, the discovery of the new Besker mines, the new Besker veins, on Mandalore that, that helped them rise to prominence again. And then uh, Boba Fett's own personal backstory where you, you where you find out about his failed relationships, uh, the daughter that he never knew, and the, then the granddaughter who would track him down and, and, and attempt to kill him at a certain point. Um, these were fantastic stories. And I, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little uh, bummed when, when they were just tossed aside like so much uh, unwanted refuse. It was a it was a it was a hard pill for me to swallow because I was very invested in that story, and as I mentioned before, um, when we talked about that story, those th- that series never even got a proper ending because of the Disney deal. So we never even really know how that, how those characters, Boba, Boba included, were to wind up because we just never got there, and it was a real bummer. But, you know, slowly but surely. Like we talked about too, elements of that old continuity are starting to creep into the new Star Wars continuity. So maybe there will be some carryover. Maybe there will be more ground to to play on that is familiar to a person like me who's read all these books, who grew up reading all these books, and uh, invested countless rides on the DC Metro 
uh, just sitting there reading page after page of uh, these Star Wars stories. I don't know for sure. Uh, I, 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 they seem to be doing a nice job of cherry-picking the right moments of the old continuity to bring into the new continuity. We'll see what they do here. We will see. And if, if it does pan out that our Mando on The Mandalorian is going to have to face off against Boba Fett, he's going to have his hands full. I have no doubt about that. Again, I would be a little surprised if it, if it did turn out to be Boba Fett, at least at this point in the series. It does seem early. But perhaps they're setting up what the main crux of Season 2 will be by this. You know, Maybe we don't actually see Boba Fett until the end until like the final shot of season one or something along those lines. It's it's hard to say for sure with any kind of confidence at this point. Um, but um, but but it'd be good news. It would be good news. Again, if I were to have one main complaint about this epi- about the Mandalorian in general as a show, is that the plot is a little light. Bring in some Boba Fett. Bring in some some stuff that can add some complexity, some more layers to the story, as opposed to just like we're gonna hop from planet to planet this week uh, and try to keep Baby Yoda safe. It's 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 like watching episodes of The Incredible Hulk all over again. It's just like oh, Bruce Banner's going from town to town, and luckily in the last ten minutes, the Hulk will show up to save the day. Okay, it's not quite that thin, but you know what I mean. Uh, a little bit more depth, a little bit more complexity. It's not gonna be a bad thing for the show. Adding a character like Boba Fett, especially as like a recurring kind of, uh, I don't want to say villain necessarily, but as a, as a force, could be a, could be a nice a nice thing, could be a nice welcome change to the dynamic of the show. Especially if they decide to to play up any kind of, you know, Mandalorian connection, or whether the Mandalorian's like offended by Boba Fett, a, a pretender who's wearing their armor, or perhaps he knows whose armor he stole, or or is just, you know, I there, there's avenues to go down. There, there's a lot of storytelling potential here, and I'd love to see them uh, kind of play that up if they do happen to bring back the FET. And as we've established, we're all fans of the FET on this podcast. I feel like I, I feel like I covered the main points I wanted to talk about. So I think we're going to end up wrapping up this little mini Boba Fett debate episode of the TomCast podcast, the Boba Fett debate edition. Uh, feel free to hit me up with your thoughts. You know, you can follow the show on social media and, and DM me, at me, bro, at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter, at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Hey, join us on Pophead Nation too, patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopcast. And, um, you know, subscribe. Make sure you're subscribing to the show. Tell your friends about us. Five star reviews, all that good stuff. It goes a long way, helps us all out a ton. Big shout out to my current Patreons, uh, the Aspinel Chody and Brian Broussard, the Squidmaster General himself. Uh, he's Brian was probably expecting me to drop the Watchmen episode, but I wanted to do this first because of all my technical difficulties with the the show today. I felt like I could knock out the Boba Fett episode a little bit faster. So the the Watchmen episode will, will be dropping by the end of the week. I promise. I promise. 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 All right. So. With that in mind, Boba Fett, not a Mandalorian. Our Mando is a Mandalorian. And uh, maybe they're on a collision course. Maybe they are on a collision course for each other. And Baby Yoda is in the middle. But Baby Yoda is Baby Yoda.
and Baby Yoda is all. Baby Yoda is everything. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. And with that, this is the TomCast Podcast. My name is Tom. Ciao, babes. He's no good to me dead. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions.